emphasis that we want everyone to consider as the next step that they take to get involved in Mountain View Fellowship. So whether you've been coming for a month, whether you've been coming for six months or six years, if you've really never taken a step to get involved in the body at a, at a real uh, level of ministry and, and knowing what God's purposes are for you, we really want to encourage you to take this four-week class. Um, it will be starting up again in April, um, and it goes through every month. Um, so sign up. Let us know you're interested in that. We'll start communicating with you about when those are happening and how you can get involved with those. You can look through the rest of your cards. I will say, do we, um, do we, is the, we have a t- uh, slide for the gift text giving. Okay, let's put that up there. Just for those of you, uh, I know Tom Mazur, oh, he's not in here. Dang, I want to make fun of Tom. Um, won't be using this, <laughs> but he's not tech-savvy enough. But if you are a tech-savvy person, and when, when it comes to giving, if you're one of those people that's like, I, I don't even, I couldn't even find my checkbook, let alone, like, carry it, um, which is me, um, this is a great way if you want to if you want to be able to give. Um, it's it's once you set it up, you literally every week can just text the um, put the code in and text the amount and, and it works great. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, uh, we'll be kind of highlighting that in the coming weeks. But uh, I want to at least share that with you. Other than that, uh, you can read through your bulletins for pretty much anything else that is going on other than the father daughter dance. That's the one other thing we just want to continue pushing through. Through the month of March, um, dads, if you have a little girl, uh, this is a great opportunity for you to take her and show her how she should be expected to be treated when she goes out with a young man uh, later on in her life. So, um, Or I got a 19-year-old who's looking for her dress for father-daughter, and she loves – oh, my gosh, she's 20. Okay, I got a 20-year-old. Um, who, so, so it doesn't matter the age. Um, my daughters love it at all, all the ages. Um, and it's a great opportunity uh, for what you get. The the cost is really uh, a great night you, for 35 bucks. It's dinner for both of you. You get a portrait. Uh, the, your daughter will get a little corsage, and you guys, uh, there's a little craft you can make. There's prizes, um, all sorts of stuff. So really want to encourage you to check that out. With that, we're going to get going in this morning's message. <coughs> um, so this morning we're ending with the, we're ending the part two of our belief series, and we're going to be talking about evangelism, which is really kind of a fancy way of sharing, saying sharing your faith. Okay, but to do that, I wanted to start off with a video that I thought just kind of gives us a light way of looking at at this topic. So let's go ahead and uh, show the video. <laughs> Evangelism is not for the weak, all right? I should know. I wrote a whole book about it, self-published. Most Christians, they are just good for bake sales and potluck dinners. But I'm telling you this right now. It takes a lot of moxie to grab a non-believer by the shirt collar and throw him in the front doors of a church and say, hey, try living out your heathen life in front of a holy God that way. It is like holy water on a vampire. That's divine intervention, my friend. Repent for the kingdom of the Lord is nigh. Come to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, sir, it sounds like you're really passionate about Jesus. I am. Um, And you should also be. Okay. Passionate about the Lord. Sir, if there's... You need to get sanctified or chicken fried. (laughs) 
Can we you need to get with the Lord or drive a Ford. Sir, we... Get right or get left. I share my faith. Okay, that's a lie. People don't even know I'm a Christian. I want to. Again, another lie. I hardly shower, much less have the will to do anything else. Mm, okay, now if there was pizza and ice cream every time there was faith sharing, I'd do it. That's a lie. I'm lactose intolerant. Again, another lie. I'm just too cheap to buy dairy. Bottom line, sharing my faith makes me sweaty. Uh, tip number 95, um, use big church words like transubstantiation. Heathens get confused easily, and the more confused they are, the more shame they are. The more shame they are, the more apt they are to make a decision for Jesus Christ. I believe it's a responsibility, no. The privilege, no. The glorious privilege of every believer to share their faith with others. That's why I share my faith with everyone I come in contact with. Everyone, really? <laughs> yeah, everyone. How do you do that? Uh, check out my shirt. Can't read it? Try this glove. Not working for you? How about this bracelet? No comprendo? Vistazo a estos. <laughs> Driving behind me? Read my bumper sticker. Says, it's okay if you follow close. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> oh, you're my waiter or waitress? I got a tip for you. Surprise! It's the gospel. I mean, what do you want? Money or eternity? <laughs> I also use these tracks. <laughs> So, what about talking to people about your faith? I, I don't really like people, but I love Jesus. <laughs> Scripture mint? Hi, my name is George. And I'm Jorge, and together we're George and Jorge. Right, right. Uh, what we like to do is to take secular songs and reprogram them. Yes. The purpose is for evangelism. We like to take songs to the unbelieving world and make it believable. Right, right. Let us give you a sample right now. Hey, lost sinner, I just have to ask you, what makes you tick? What is it? You're headed to H-E double hockey sticks. Hey, lost sinner, why don't you just give it all up to Jesus? I was a freshman in college the first time I invited someone to church. My best buddy called me. I was working at a grocery store. I was in the back cutting carrots, and my buddy called me. And I just said, hey, do you want to go to church with me tonight? And uh, I remember his words. He said, sure, I got nothing better to do. And I went to church with him. And, you know, I went there because they were serving pizza that night. Um, I don't remember what was said. I don't remember what was sung. During the services, I remember praying for him and just asking God to please reach out and touch his heart or do something because I knew he needed Jesus. And then um, God answered my prayers. That night changed my life, September 17th, 1987. It changed my life because I realized I needed a Savior. Um, hopefully you realize the Everything in the beginning was a really bad idea, okay? Um, <clears throat> the, the, at the actual end, I, I know those guys, I've met them a couple times, uh, the end is their story. It's really their story of how the, uh, one guy reached out to the other. Um, so today as we're, we're talking about sharing your faith, I, I, I really want to make sure we hit this from a perspective of the idea that we don't, we're, not really, we're not trying to guilt anyone, okay? I don't want anyone to feel 
guilty. Um, and I, I was kind of looking over these last uh, 10 weeks. And, you know, the last 10 weeks, we've been focusing on these practices, right, these disciplines. And those are all do's, right? And, you know, whenever we focused on things that we're supposed to do, if you're at all a driven person, if you're kind of like me and you're always, like, thinking about the things you need to do, it's easy to just start getting, feeling guilty and feeling like, man, I need to do more. Oh, I, don't, I don't do this enough. I don't do that enough. And that's not the purpose. That's, that's not why we've been talking about these things. Now, my, my hope, as, as we've looked over these last 10 weeks, <laughs> is not that we feel guilty about all the things we're not doing enough, but rather that maybe there's one or two areas where we've looked and kind of went, yeah, you know what? That's probably, if I were really going to focus on trying to grow in one area right now, that's probably the area I really need to look at. And, and so maybe as... You know, we're going to take a four-week break from the series after today. Maybe that's where you need to do is just kind of go back and look and kind of go, okay, what's the one area? What's the one place where I would say, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to just be praying about and asking God to work in. Um, and and even this, when it comes to sharing our faith, is we we just we want you to look at is it is there something i can do to grow in it but not to necessarily i that can go home with the idea of like man i'm just really bad at this this is just something i i just don't do enough I, that's not the point of this morning so i just wanted to close out this series with making sure everyone understands that 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 we we want to you to be encouraged to grow not to be discouraged in your guilt okay so uh that's where we're coming out from the premise for this <clears throat> for this morning, um, and uh, and also when we come back to this at Easter, on Easter week we're going to hit our last ten weeks, and we're going to be focused on the fruits of the spirit, and that's going to be more of a ten week of encouragement of what God does in our life and the and the great things that we receive from a relationship with the Lord. Um, but this morning, as we talk about sharing our faith, <clears throat> I want you to think about your tools now. Maybe if you're a guy, your tools are your garage in your garage. Uh, ladies, some of you may have tools in your garage. You, you're, you're really handy as well. But if not, you still have tools. You, you have, whether it be tools for cooking or tools for your uh, whatever kind of craft or hobby you have. We, everyone has some sort of tools that they use. Some people become collectors of tools, Right? They just have a lot of tools. They don't necessarily use any of them. Okay? I've known a few people like this. They're just, their garage is full of toy, tools. I've never seen them fix something in their life. Right? But they just like to have all these tools. <clears throat> to me, a tool is only effective if I'm going to use it. If I'm not going to use it, it's a waste of my money. I, I, if it's just going to sit for me, that I, that's not something I want. I want something I'm going to use. A tool has a purpose. And if it's not serving the purpose, it's, it's kind of a waste of resources. Well, we spent the last three weeks talking about how we utilize our talents, our time, and our treasures. And what I want you to understand is... Today we're going to look at what one of the key purposes of is of how we use those things. So we've talked about time, talent, and treasures, and we're going to look at what's one of the key purposes of how we use those three things, and it's sharing our faith. See, the church really has two key purposes. 
the church has two things that it's, it's supposed to do, and we find that in Matthew chapter 28. So if you want to turn, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. It's the last chapter of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, says this. <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking before he sends to heaven. He says, all authority in heaven on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, Jesus says that there's basically two things that we're supposed to be doing. The one is we're supposed to go out into the world and make disciples. We're supposed to go bring people into relationship with him. The second, then, is to teach them to obey the things that he's commanded. And everything we do, all the things we've been talking about these last ten weeks, and everything we do as a church really kind of falls down to one of those two things. And if it doesn't fit in one of those two things, it really isn't serving a purpose. So we're all, everything is supposed to be teaching us as, as Christ people to grow in a relationship with him and or reaching out into the world to bring people into a relationship with him. Most of the practices we've covered have kind of been more focused on growing a relationship. <clears throat> but today, the idea is how do we help other people into that situation? How do we help other people to begin a relationship with him? You know, I, it's easy to forget why the church exists. It really is. It's easy for people to, to get caught up in all the stuff of a church and forget what the whole purpose is, right? But we have to remember, everything we do is a tool, right? It's like having a toolbox. Every single thing we do is a tool, to accomplish one of those purposes. Did you know, I mean, I, the, literally the coffee is a tool. Did you guys know that? The coffee is a tool for accomplishing a purpose. One, it keeps you awake during my sermons. No, I'm just, um, that's true to an extent. But, but two, it, it's, it's just a way. How many, a lot of people feel more comfortable when they walk into a place and there's, there's something to drink and there's a warm environment and, there, and, there's, and it, it just brings, it makes it more welcoming. We want to be a welcoming place, right? We don't want you to invite your friends to church and it's, you know, they walk in and nobody talks to them and they just hand them stuff and it's really quiet and there's nothing to do to keep them busy and there's nothing that, you know, they enjoy and look forward to and then they have to come and sit. That, that we, it's a tool to help with, with reaching out and, and sharing our faith. It really is. It's a tool for helping you do that. <clears throat> Every single thing is a tool and we want to use the most effective tool. And a lot of times churches forget that, and we get off, we get off track. I, I served at a church um, about 15 years ago that we were um, having a discussion about what to do with children's curriculum, the, the, the stuff that we're teaching the kids in the, in the um, children's area. And this was a church, they used a, a curriculum called Standard Curriculum. And um, there were some younger families, and myself included, at the church who were coming, and, and the, the curriculum just didn't, it wasn't very effective. It was really 
like hard to, for, there was nothing fun in it. It was basically just teaching. The kids weren't doing any activities other than a coloring page every single week. And, you know, it just kind of made it hard to teach. So we started suggesting these other things. And, these, and the, a lot of the people at the church went, no, you can't change that. Why? Because we've been using that for 20 years. That is our curriculum. And they forgot that the curriculum was just a tool, right? They, they fell in love and they were excited about, oh, with this curriculum, this is our curriculum. Well, it doesn't matter if it's your curriculum if it's not effective, right? If I showed up to a job site and my whole job was to cut boards all day, and I showed up with a handsaw, how, how, many, how many guys would let me stay on the job, right? After a while, they'd go, hey, you need, you need to get a better saw. We need to get you an electric saw. Well, no, I love this saw, right? This is, oh, you don't understand how, much, how important this saw is to me. I don't care how important this saw is to you. Get a saw that's more effective, right? But we get caught up in churches, and we want to do what we love versus doing what's going to be most effective in our purpose. We do the same thing with music, right? <clears throat> Just so you know, we don't necessarily sing the music I would most prefer here at this church. I like music from the, the 80s at church. I like Creating Me a Clean Heart. That's my favorite song. It, if you, it, it's, it's simple. It's easy. I can sing the words all the time. I don't have to be anywhere. And I can remember it, right? Humble myself in the sight of the Lord. It's like 20 words and the whole thing, and I can remember it, right? Those are my, like my favorite songs. We don't sing those. Why? Because it's not probably the most effective because the style of music isn't a style of music that the average person hears and is comfortable and used to nowadays. So we don't utilize it. We use music that kind of has a more modern style. And someday, if it's music you love is right now, you love the music we're doing, you're probably not going to like the music we're doing because it's going to be whatever the day, today's music is. Why is that important? Well... My kids sometimes play songs for me. And honestly, they're probably good songs, but they're not necessarily the style of music I like, so my natural reaction is like, <sighs> right? My natural reaction is to turn off, to not listen to their words, whatever. Now, maybe I might open up to it eventually, but it's not, it's not right away opening my mind to it, okay? So, so same thing. We use music as a tool, all the things we do are, in a sense, a tool for either a purpose of growing or a purpose of reaching. Same thing with our preaching. <clears throat> I understand that most of our preaching is kind of covers basic things of faith. It's not, we're not getting into deep, serious issues like, you know, trans stamps. I can't even say the word he just said. I, I'm not going to try because I can, but I'm going to try. I would try to make myself and I'd be up here for three minutes. So, um, but we don't. We don't, we don't get into a lot of deep theological, theological issues. Why? Because it's not necessarily the most effective thing for Sunday morning being the time that the average person, if they're going to be open to coming to something, is usually going to be Sunday morning. And we don't want to just have something that's just confusing and all, they get lost and they're bored. We don't, we don't want to do that. We have Mountain View University for that on Monday nights where you can come and you can grow and you can get understanding and deeper issues. That's what that's for. So we're always looking for the best tool. What's the best tool to accomplish our purpose? Okay? So I say that for a couple reasons. One, I want you guys to understand there's, there's reasoning and philosophy behind everything that the church does. It's always searching for how to have the best tools for those two things 
that Jesus calls us to. Now, having said that, I want you guys to know that I love our church. I, I love this church. Um, we, we, don't, we, we don't have a lot of infighting. You know, we don't have a lot of issues that are constantly coming up. We don't have people that are always you know, frustrated with the leadership or saying, saying things bad about the leadership, at least that I hear about. Um, <clears throat> so so we, it, it's a great place to do ministry. I love this church. And I think one of the reasons is because you guys do such a good job of, of serving this purpose. I think one of the reasons is, as a church, we do a great job of, of reaching out into the community. Uh, you know, being a pastor, you're a little bit like, like a dad, in a sense, when you get together with other pastors. Um, you, you like to have things to brag on your church about. You know, like as a dad, when you get together with a dad, you want to be able to brag on your kids a little bit. As a pastor, I, there, I love being able to brag on Mountain View Fellowship. Because, and, uh, and one of the things is what, how you guys are as a church in reaching out to the community. This is an awesome church of reaching out to people and sharing their faith with people and, and inviting people to church. It's a great place for that. You know, we, we, as, we as a church, just to brag on you a little bit, we as a church are known in, nationwide in our denomination for being in the top 10% of churches that are growing by evangelism. A top 10% in the nation for churches that are growing by people inviting people that don't already go to another church and are regularly plugged into another church, you know, by inviting those kind of pe- people that aren't going to church to our church. We, in Utah, we're, we're known throughout Utah. When I love when I go down to Salt Lake and meet with other pastors and people will go, man, I hear great things about what's going on. Or when, when I invite a guest pastor and they come and they go, man, you guys, this church is just, like, it's so welcoming. It's such a, it's just a great, great environment for new people. How do you guys do that? And I go, I don't know. You have to ask the people. They're awesome. So, <clears throat> so I, I love to brag on that. And I, so I say that to say we're doing a great job. You guys are, as a church, we're doing an awesome job on this. And I think one of the reasons is because we stay focused because we stay focused on these two purposes. Did you know in the military, when, when troops are on the front line, they are, they are one. They bond together. Even guys that were cussing each other out and mad at each other back in bays, when they're on the front lines, they're one. Why? Because they, they have a common purpose. They have a common purpose. But when they go back... They, they begin to fight again, oftentimes amongst themselves. And I think the same thing goes with the church. When we serve a common purpose and we know that we have a common purpose, we don't, we don't worry so much about all the little issues. We focus on what God has called us to. So I say all of that just to say, great job, guys. Great job. We give all to love all, not just for the sake of making other people feel good, not for the sake of just helping people, but with the specific purpose of sharing the hope and the good news of Jesus Christ with people in their lives. In Second uh, Timothy, Paul was speaking to Timothy, which was a young pastor that he was mentoring. And in chapter 1, verse 7, he says, he says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. 
So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So we want to be bold. And so I just want to give you guys a few little help, helpful hints that we can take in order to step forward in this purpose. We're doing a great job, but it always helps to be reminded. It always helps to kind of be encouraged on what to do. So let's look at what, what do we do to step forward in this. The first thing we, we need to do if we're going to step forward in sharing our faith is, one, we need to see people as God does. We need to see people as God sees them. Matthew 9, 36 to 38 says, when, we saw the, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. See, Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because he saw how lost the world was. You ever look around the world and just go, man, we are so lost. You ever look around the world and think, man, there, there's just... If you, if you watch the news and you spend time de- talking to people who are in different situations, there's just so much hopelessness. There's just so many people that are suffering. You know, there's so many people that are on medications for dealing with all these different things in life because they're not finding hope. And Jesus offers hope. And as Christ followers, we need to constantly keep that in mind. We need to keep in mind that we, we have a hope to get us through all things. You know, we, uh, <clears throat> I, I've dealt with de- death the last five weeks more than I ever have in any history of my time as a pastor. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, at least five different people and somehow related to this church who have, who have passed away. And a couple of them from very difficult situations. And then also just two different people in the valley that um, a lot of our people in our church know and are are friends with. And I'll tell you, there's a difference in dealing with it when the family has hope. It's a massive difference in dealing with it. Um, and, And we have to remember that daily. We have to remember that daily that, that people need the hope that Christ brings into their life. They need to know the grace, the forgiveness, the mercy. And he calls us to be the people to share that. He says in Colossians 3.12, uh, Paul says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. When you look at people in the world, is that your mindset? I don't know about you. It's easy when I just focus on seeing people the way I want to see them. That's not usually the how I see them. I, 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 need to, I need to clothe myself with Christ in order to see people the way God sees them. Second, be willing to tell your story. Tell your story. In John 4... We see, read the uh, story of the woman at the well. <clears throat> and Jesus shares with her who he is. And it says in 28 verse 30, she left the water jar, which so she leaves Jesus, and she went back into town. She says to the people, come, 
see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. Notice how short that was. We need to be willing to tell our story, but keep it short. We, we live in a Twitter generation, right? I mean, you, you're, what, what, 140 characters or something like that, right? The, you, you, people want to know something quick, right? It, even, even Facebook, getting where now if you scroll through Facebook and, it's, and you see something and it says, like, continue reading or whatever more where you have to push to, people go, oh, that's so long, I'm not going to read that, right? <laughs> right? It's like, where's the pictures, right? So, um, so, so we're getting where we, we don't, we don't spend a lot of time. We have to be able to catch people's attention kind of quickly. But we need to be willing to share. Notice it didn't say that she went out and told them, and, and then she was prepared to tell them how dinosaurs interacted with humans, or, or uh, it was, was, did the flood really happen? Or she, she didn't have all the answers to that. Or when Jesus comes back, how, she didn't have all the answers. We don't have to have every answer to share your faith. Okay, if so, and, and people oftentimes will want to distract us with that. I, I get that. Because we do. We have those questions. I know before I came to Christ, I had all those questions. But eventually, it, it comes to a place of accepting the Holy Spirit and, and getting that no matter how you look at life, there's always questions. You know? And for me, there was definitely a process of going through different scientific method and that kind of thing, going, oh, there's still lots of questions in that. There's still not all the answers and, and, and coming to that place. But you don't have to be the, that doesn't mean you have to be the person to be able to answer all those questions. We just need to be able to share our story. Just share what Jesus has done for you. So a couple things. One, we need to be able to share your life in a minute or less, your life before Christ in a minute or less, and how you came to faith. You know, what was it that brought you to faith in a minute or less? How Christ has changed you in a minute or less. And now what God is doing in your life in a minute or less. And that's, that's a great way to learn just kind of how to be able to share your story. Because a lot, a lot of times we get opportunities, but if we don't kind of have a way of going through that in our mind, you know, you're going to want to just drive people nuts because you want to tell them a 35-minute story, and, and they're, they're not ready for that. Or we just, with the details are so confused, we just don't want to do it. So, so have it prepared. Have, be ready. You know, the Bible says to be ready to give an answer for what we believe. Be ready. Have it in a minute or less on all those things. And don't have it be, you ever, you ever hear someone share their faith with Christ in Christ and they, they spend five minutes telling these awesome glory stories about their life of sin before Christ, and then they go, and then I gave my life to Jesus, and I never do anything fun. You want to come to church? Right? I mean, that's, I mean, that's that, don't do that, right? You, you need to be able to share things that God has done in your life. Okay, number three, <clears throat> encourage with Scripture. Encourage with Scripture. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It's good to know a few verses that can assist you in explaining the gospel. It's good to know a few verses that can assist you in explaining the gospel and give people hope in whatever it is they may be going through. And, and if you're a real practical person, it may be easy to kind of go, well... Really, does that matter? Do I really have to be able to know a verse? And then, it, 
I believe what the Bible says here about the Word of God is living and active. And it, and it does make a difference in people's lives. I have sent at times when people are going through really tragic things, and I'll send, send my words of encouragement that pretty much are kind of paraphrases of Bible verses, and they're doesn't do anything. And then I'll send them a couple Bible verses, and they'll just they'll be like, "Oh, thank you so much. That was exactly what I needed to hear." There's an authority behind it. There's a there's the, the Spirit works in it. Um, know know the Bible enough to be able to share a couple verses. And then finally, pray. Pray. Have people that you're praying for to open their heart to Christ. Every one of us should have at least one person that we're praying for to open their heart for Christ. I prayed for my dad for 20 years before he gave his life to Christ. 20 years. And I had constantly remember it's never for nothing. It's never for nothing. There's always a purpose. That God, is, God can do what I cannot. And, he, and in all those years I was praying, it kept getting worse and worse and worse to the point where I just kept going, this is pointless. There's no way. You know, my bottom was here and my dad's bottom was way down there. And, and I just kept getting hopeless, less and less hopeful. But I kept being faithful. And I know others were being faithful for him. And he gave his life to Christ and had a, a, a great 10 years um, here on earth before he went to be by his side. Be praying. <clears throat> be trusting the Holy Spirit. So, I created a tool for you that I would kind of, I'll close with just kind of explaining this and challenging you in it. Challenging you in it. If this is an area where you kind of go, yeah, I, I would like to be a little more purposeful about this. You know, maybe I know I'm kind of doing it a little bit, but, but I'd, I'd like to kind of be purposeful about it. This tool may, might help you get a little more purposeful. So I would just challenge you to do this. There's four, minute, four, four sections of one-minute sections, you know, that I already went over. One minute or less, your life before Christ. One minute or less, how you came to faith. One minute or less, how Christ has changed you, and one minute or less, what God is doing right now. Um, I would encourage you, take that, write out a few sentences on about how, what you would share there. And then down the bottom is three people you can be praying for. To just list three people you can be praying for. And then you can just stick this on your mirror or someplace where you see it regularly, and I would encourage you to use it as a tool to, to go further with it. On the back side... Are by some Bible verses, these, these are just, I had to pick some, okay? I'm not saying these are the best ones, um, but there's some Bible verses, if you don't know any, that would help. Some of, you could read through these. Some of these you might find really helpful in sharing your faith um, and giving people hope in, in things. Um, <clears throat> I, would, I would strongly encourage you to step into this. Um, if you want to be encouraged in your faith, one of the most encouraging things is getting to be a part of watching other people find hope in Christ, of getting to walk alongside people in that. Um, one of the, some of the most excited people I've seen in churches are people that every time we have a baptism Sunday, there's someone who gets to baptize somebody. 
And it's not, it's not a coincidence. It's not that, oh, well, it's because they're an excited person that they do that. No, it's because they are sharing their faith, and they get to, they get to take part in somebody making decisions like that and the choices they make. If you want to continue forward, be encouraged and excited about your faith, this is something that every one of us as Christ followers can take on. Maybe you're someone who kind of said, like, you know, oh, when I first came to Christ, I was so excited. I, I saw him doing these things in my life. But, but recently, I just, I just haven't seen that as much. I just kind of feel like it's just kind of become commonplace. It's not something I really think about much. This taking on a challenge of, of, of just being out there with people and sharing your faith with people is a great way to see that grow. And I'm, whatever you do, don't take on the tactics of those guys. Okay? We're not saying that. We're saying just people that you like, that like you, that you're friends with, that you build a relationship with. And here's the cool thing. You are not called to change their mind. You are not called to keep shoving it down their throats. Okay? You're called to just put it out there, let them know, and let them know that you'll always be there for them and you'll always be there if they want to talk about it. You know, and then maybe if something comes up on their life later on, you can bring it up again. But you're not called to get to that place where every time they see you, they're like, oh, my gosh, we're going to talk about that again. Okay? That's, that's not who we're called to be. Okay? But we are called to put it out there and to share and then to continue praying for them. So here's the thing. We're heading into Easter. Easter is this time when everybody decides, hey, we should go to church. Um, it's a great opportunity for you to say, hey, you should go to my church. And then for you to show up with them, you know, that would be a good thing too. Um, but it's a great way to start that. You're kind of heading into a op- time where people are just open to this. Um, so I strongly encourage you with this, put this up there. And then on top of that, we as a church are sending out a mailer, so they'll be getting that. We'll be giving you cards that you can use to invite people, all those kinds of things. So it'll, it's a great way to kind of at least jumpstart if this is a step that you're willing to take. So with that, be encouraged. You guys are not, this is an awesome church, and it's a pleasure and a, it's a privilege uh, to be able to minister uh, with you guys, and I'm excited about what we're doing, and I'm looking forward to seeing how we step into this challenge. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you um, for your love your mercy and grace. Uh, God, I thank you for specific people who took the time to share faith with me, who, who let me sit down with them and ask them questions, and, and kept, people who kept praying for me, um, people who um, invited me to come to church with them. Um, God, I, I thank you because I wouldn't be here without them. And God, I know for many of us in here, we would not be here if it weren't for someone who loved us enough, cared about us enough to pray for us, someone who loved and cared enough about us to invite us to church, someone who loved and cared about us enough to just share what you had done in their life. They might not have had all the answers. They might not have been able to go into deep theological issues, but, but they knew that you loved them. They knew that you'd change them, and you, they shared that with us. So thank you for them, God. And thank you for this church and the blessing of serving along people, aside people um, who get it, 
and who know that we do this for a purpose, and that is to grow in you and help others come to a place where they might grow in you as well. In your name we pray. Amen.